see you, missed you. Good morning. And welcome on this, well, rather gray Sunday morning. But we're going to brighten our day with hymn 381. Please stand. Our service of Holy Eucharist Rite 2 begins on the front page of our service booklet or on page 355 of the Red Prayer Book. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior Jesus Christ and proclaim to all people the good news of his salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of his marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from Isaiah. There will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders the nod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. Thanks be, thanks be to God. A reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters, what I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? 
Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say, you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might be engulfed of his power, emptied of his power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Our sequence or gospel hymn this morning is hymn 661. We'll sing the first three verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the fourth after. I do invite everyone to please stand who is able and join in singing hymn 661. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now when Jesus heard John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And as he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues 
and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, St. Peter's. Good morning. It's good to be back up here. I've had a bit of a, what I'm calling a homiletical hiatus for the past two or so months, but when my school's fall term came to a close in December, I decided to take advantage of a little freed up time, tend to some uh, important relationships, take a break from that usual academic grind, uh, which is wonderful, but, you know, a grind. Uh, but like all breaks tend to do, this one has also come to its end, so I'm back at it. And I always look forward to sharing what I learn in school with all of you, uh, especially up here in the pulpit. And this week is no exception. Uh, in fact, this week I want you to imagine that this homily is kind of like me coming home with a finger painting from school and I want us to put it on our proverbial refrigerator together um, because I learned something this week at school and this is for you and I hope that you like it. So today marks day five of what this year's week of prayer for Christian unity, uh, which is an international event that's organized by the World Council of Churches. The council currently has 349 member churches, and I'm not talking about individual churches, I'm talking about whole institutional churches, 349 of them. Uh, together, they represent over 550 million people in 120 countries. And the week of prayer for Christian unity has a clear goal that probably isn't wildly surprising to you, and that is to pray for Christian unity unity. But for over a century, this event has always taken place over the same range of dates, January 18th and January 25th. And that's intentional, because the 18th of January is the feast day for, one of our, for our patron, Peter. Uh, Peter, the rock on whom Christ built his church. And the other day, the 25th, is a feast day for Paul the letter-writing powerhouse of early church growth. We actually heard about both of them today in our lectionary. And these are actually very fitting, if not interesting, figures to look at during a week that centers around this idea of Christian unity. And that's because the relationship between Peter and Paul represents a very clear biblical example of in-group conflict. It is not a secret that the two of them did not see eye to eye on matters of the early church. First, we have Peter, our patron, who we read of in today's gospel. We hear of a fisherman who was so gripped by an invitation of Jesus to become a fisher of people that he dropped everything in his life, his family, his career. This Peter who would eventually deny even knowing Jesus and yet also a Peter who would prove loyal enough to the gospel to be given the keys to the kingdom, a symbol of really great responsibility and authority in the church. And then there's Paul, who spent much of his life actively persecuting early Christians, one day fighting to maintain strict Jewish legalism, and the next day being a recipient of a blinding revelation of the risen Christ. 
And from that day forward, Paul spread the gospel with vigor, risking his life over and over to share the good news of Jesus with everyone that he could, and often doing it in such a way that tended to ruffle the feathers of the old guard, people like Peter, who was trying to be sure there was a bit of stability and maybe a a way forward in this evolving church. These two important characters in our history showcase, I think, at least to my view, that while there might be unity in our common goal, our mission to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth, it doesn't necessarily mean that there is always consensus on how we're going to go about achieving that goal. And at the time of their quarrels, Peter and Paul would have really only been thinking about the church as the church, one church, the body of Christ. And however, yet today, this week of prayer for Christian unity is organized by a council represented, represented by 349 different churches. Of course, still part of the larger mystical body of Christ, but these churches definitely think of themselves as separate from one another. So, it would seem to me that the earliest Christians struggled from the very beginning with the same challenge we still struggle with today. How do we do this together? Paul's letter to the feuding church in Corinth, from which we read earlier, it actually serves as a great, show, a great case study uh, for us in our, com- in our consideration of really what might make church unity happen. Paul writes, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. Hmm. Well, with all due respect, Mr. St. Paul, that sounds really great, of course, but have you ever really had to balance a church budget or elect a vestry or call a new rector or dismiss a staff member or close a church or merge a church with another church? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Doesn't Paul know that people care really deeply about the issues that we run up against in our life together as a church? Doesn't he realize that the ins and outs of a common life of faith together is just ripe with opportunities to be in disagreement with one another? Doesn't Paul, of all people, know that? I think he does actually know that. Because if you read closely at the letter to uh, the church in Corinth, the translation, this one at least, doesn't say that everyone has to agree about everything, but rather be in a state of agreement. That might seem like splitting hairs, but something about, about that actually sounds more like a spirit of consensus to me, rather than a spirit of uniformity in belief. You see, consensus leaves room for compromise. It allows for dissent to be rightly heard without actually falling into stalemate. It holds gently, really deeply rooted convictions of many as we try to chart out a common path together. But my friends, finding consensus is hard, hard work. It is not efficient. It requires a boatload of grace for everyone involved. But consensus also holds our brokenness together as we attempt to, as Paul suggests, be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. And that's as much of a God thing as it is an us thing, I think, too, and maybe something we might should pray for from time to time. Preaching on the same theme earlier this week, the dean of my uh, seminary, Andrew McGowan, offered up some similar thoughts, and I think he's spot on, so I want to read the, the words to you as he wrote them. Uh, but I think he's really, he's really on to something in terms of approaching our task of unity as Christians as something of reunifying in an honest and faithful way. He preached... We are gathered fragments of a broken reality, 
ecclesially, meaning in terms of our church life, as well as socially and, of course, politically. Let us at least acknowledge our brokenness and offer it to one another. Being broken is not necessarily so bad in and of itself, but to be broken and pretend that we are not is a recipe for disaster and mutual damage. When we think we can do without each other, when our rituals or our styles or our theologies are somehow not just superior, but self-sufficient, we deceive ourselves and we bless the forms of oppression and alienation that gave rise to that brokenness in the first place. During these last few days of our week for prayer for Christian unity, I invite you to spend some time considering who you would feel least likely to want to be unified with under the banner of Christ. That might be another group of Christians, that might be people who don't profess any Christian faith. It might even be a person or persons in this very room. Whatever the case, offer that to God. See what invitation might be waiting for you on the other end. Peter and Paul might have disagreed forcefully on many points, but they were under no illusion that they had no need for one another. So may God give us the grace to see our need for each other, especially when we don't want to. May God help us work towards unity in the Holy Spirit, that we all may be one. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy for the peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our bishop, and for all the clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our president, for the leaders of the nations, and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the town of, towns of South Kingstown and Narragansett, 
and for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather, and for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us, and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who travel on land, on water, or in the air, or through outer space, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, and for the sick and the suffering, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our parish cycle of prayer, for Paul and Leslie Rulier, Alan Rydberg, and Phyllis Celine, and Mimi, Mimi Samus, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have, have mercy. For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, and for all the departed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may end our lives in faith and hope, without suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Defend us, deliver us, and in thy compassion protect us, O Lord, by thy grace. Lord, have mercy. In the communion of our patron Peter and of all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another, and, and all our life to Christ our God. To thee, thee O Lord, Lord, our God. I ask your prayers this morning for all who died in the shooting last night in California, for their families who grieve. We ask the Lord to please help us find a way to bring an end to such violence. We pray for a peace in Ukraine. We pray for all who are escaping violence throughout this world. May they find refuge in new homes in neighboring countries. Almighty God, to whom our needs are known before we ask, help us to ask only what accords with your will in those good things which we dare not or in our blindness cannot ask. Grant us for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, and strengthen you in all goodness by the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. 
Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace be with you. Get off of my lawn, get off of my lawn. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Peace be with you. Peace. Peace be with you. Everyone may be seated. I think we all just got the papal blessing in the midst of the peace today. <laughs> in the royal wave from this side of the congregation. So, uh, wonderful. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you to Drake for another great sermon this morning. It's good to have you back in the pulpit after your two, month and a half, I think, uh, month and a half sabbatical from the pulpit. So. Oh, it was wonderful. So thank you for that. I also want to thank um, Drake and Father Rafino uh, for all their help and many others this week who have been keeping up with our many people who are in hospital or in nursing care or in rehab. It's been a great help to me as so much is going on. It just reminds me of the fact that part of the ministry of the Episcopal Church and one of the lay ministries is that of pastoral visitor or lay Eucharistic minister. They're very easy uh, ministries to train for, a minimum of a day or so each, and they're wonderful because they extend the ministry of the church, especially that of lay Eucharistic visitor who's able to bring the Eucharist after church out to people who are shut in or more nicely said now homebound and I can't tell you how meaningful that ministry is to the people who receive it because when I go out um, every so often as the priest to bring them communion from me all I hear about is about their pastoral visitor and how wonderful and meaningful it is that they have received communion on a regular basis and the uh, relationship that develops that ministry kind of fell through the um, cracks during the pandemic. I would love for anyone who feels called to be part of that ministry to please let me know, and I'd love to get a group together and start training for that um, very vital and important ministry that we need to revive here at St. Peter's. Next week, it's going to be a test. What time is our service next week? Nine o'clock. Uh, yes, next week our service will begin at 9 o'clock. It will be the only service we'll have next week. It is the annual meeting, and we will weave parts of the annual meeting through the service. So don't say, I'll just come after the service for the meeting, uh, or I'm just going to come to the service and not the meeting. It's all one piece. The um, service will be, or the meeting will be woven through, and then the business portion of the meeting, which is the election of new, off, um, new vestry members, and the review of our finances will take place immediately following the service here in the church. And then thank you to the coordinating efforts of Susan Hines. There will be a potluck luncheon in the parish hall. There is a sign-up sheet in the back of the church so we have an idea of how many to expect. You can still call in all week if you plan to come. I encourage everyone to come. Be part of the lunch. It's a great time for fellowship. We didn't get to do that for so long and now we get to start doing that again it should be a great day with lunch and everything we should be done no later than 12 o'clock so it goes that quick and Susan has an addendum to the announcement also the back of the church are, is the ministry sign up we are now taking sign ups for readers lay Eucharistic ministers ushers acolytes coffee hour hosts all the way through the end of February there's also sign up for flowers through the beginning of Lent and then during the Easter season that again is in the back, back of the church. And then just a reminder to everyone who holds keys to the building, it is time to hand those in and receive an access card. Come February 1st or someday near that, the locks on the doors are being changed and your key is not going to get you in so please um, if you have not already made that swap or would like or feel the need for a card key um, please let the office know and we will set up a key for you also if you have part of a group we are working on developing this is the beauty of our new system um, qr codes 
the choir found out it works on Wednesdays, but not on Sundays. We will fix that this week. And um, those are all the different ways we'll have access into the building so that we don't have to leave sections of the church unlocked that aren't supervised while different events are going on. So those are things that are happening here at the church. This week, the vestry meets Tuesday night by Zoom at 6.30. We have Bible study at noon by Zoom, and we also have Bible study at 7.15 on Thursday via Zoom. If you wish to join any of those um, Zoom meetings, please let me know. We will get a um, link out to you prior to the start of those meetings. I think those are all of my announcements. Are there any other announcements for the good of the order? Then walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. to the Lord. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give it thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Because the mystery of the word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. We give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where, with the blessed Virgin Mary, Peter, our patron, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, 
now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you 
with gladness and singleness of heart, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Please stand and join in singing hymn 530 found in our blue hymnals. <laughs> 